instantly as a 1955-750 Monza and felt his heart turn over. Classic cars were Jude's passion. Even inside, he'd followed the market. You were allowed magazines, if not books. Not that he wanted those, anyway. This beautiful, low-slung baby with her swooping lines and her big black tires with the cross-hatched silver spokes called to him. With every nerve of his being, he answered. The girl was getting out with the knees-together ease of the debutante she certainly wasn't. For all that her voice and poise were pure Kensington, she hailed, Jude knew, from Kneesden. Nice schmutter, she said ironically. Wasn't expecting you, Jude replied dryly. Would have put on my white tie and tails if I'd known. Well, that'd be more your style. She probed the anorak's grubby cuff with a polished fingernail. Man at CNA, is it? All the rage inside. High to fashion, believe me. I must say, I've always loved a stonewashed jean. She examined the clinging pair Jude had on. As well as being too tight, they were far too short. The crotch stopped only a few inches above his knees. Great, aren't they? Jude agreed. Especially with the white trainers. White-ish, she said, wrinkling her nose and I've got on a lovely nylon polo shirt in a really fabulous petrol blue. He unzipped the anorak and showed her. Whoa! She shaded her eyes as if from the dazzle. You're working a serious look there. HMP, Folgate, Charity Clothes, Store Chic, Jude told her. When you're leaving, you get to choose an outfit. You should have seen when I left. She giggled. You look good, though, Jude told her, dropping the irony. Frankie was a stylish bird, always had been. Today she wore a simple yet expensive, close-fitting white shirt and no bra that he could see. Also a very short tweed skirt, emphasising long and coltish legs were a pair of tight-fitting low-heeled knee boots. She had high cheekbones and full lips, and her shoulder-blade-length hair lifted in the breeze. Jude felt a wave of desire. It had been a very long time. But there was, he knew, no point looking to Frankie. She was his best friend's girl and therefore untouchable. Jude may be a thief, but there was honour involved. Besides, Rich was not a man to cross. People who crossed him wound up under crosses themselves, six feet under. But if Frankie had noticed, she gave no sign. He was relieved when she indicated the Ferrari's passenger door. Come on, get in. After the cold street, the car was deliciously warm. It smelt cedary and expensive, and the low-slung seat fitted him like a glove. To be in something like this, after those white crim vans with a row of black squares along the top. At his trial, there had been banging on the sides, hysterical shouting and cameras. Some groping old DJ was being tried in a neighbouring court for historic abuse. The crowd thought Jude's van contained him. Running down the ramp, amid a hail of violent invective, Jude had been glad to be a mere armed robber on a murder rap. He adjusted his seat to an exaggeratedly relaxed angle. The engine purred richly into life, and the car glided down the road. He watched, as in the red-framed side mirror, the prison receded. Thanks for the reception committee, he remarked conversationally to Frankie. You're welcome. Frankie smiled at him again from the wheel. There was, he felt, 
a cryptic edge to the curve of those full lips. He did not ask where they were going. He did not much care. He supposed it was to Rich's Surrey mansion. It was, frankly, high time Rich stepped in to help. Jude had heard nothing from his mentor and gang leader the entire time he'd been inside. Not even a postcard, let alone a file inside a cake. Rich, always a jammy git, had avoided arrest. He'd been in the right place at the right time, as opposed to the wrong place at the wrong time, like Jude. Rich's silence was for a reason, Jude guessed. The obvious one was that communication with the prison was risky. Rich was doubtless under suspicion still, and presumably this was why Frankie had been sent to pick him up. But under the banter about the clothes had been relief. Rich's other possible reason for not being in touch, Jude knew, was that he had forgotten all about him.